Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to my new podcast called Pagula's Podcast, hosted by me, LV Pagula. Um, today, my first episode, we have a very special guest of mine, one of my best friends for a very long time. Uh, everyone, please welcome Joey Tozlowski. What's up, Joe? Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How's your quarantine going? It's not bad. Just hanging in there. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing my best. I can't wait for the NFL draft. <clears throat> yeah, same here. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we're going to talk about four topics today. The first one we're going to talk about is the NBA and the playoffs, rumors, resume date, um, just a lot of stuff going on with that. Then we're going to talk about the AL East, which consists of uh, the New York Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox, and the Baltimore Orioles. After that, we're going to draft approaching on Thursday. And then finally, we're going to talk about Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. So um, a rumor thrown out there about the NBA is there might be games played in one singular location, maybe Atlantic City or Las Vegas, or I don't know. Those would be the only two spots that I found. But what do you think about that idea? I mean, I'd be pretty excited for that to happen soon because, you know, it's been a very long sports drought. Well, at least it's it's felt like that. Yeah, yeah, it has been. But, I mean, there's also, you know, some cons about it, you know, the players mm-hmm. obviously will have to be quarantined yeah. from their family for the rest of yeah, the Yeah, you have to think about season. their family situation. Mm-hmm. It's not just the like, fans' <clears throat> perspective that they just want the sport back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's another rumor I saw out there that 10 teams from each conference might possibly make the playoffs. What do you think about that? Um, I think I, I, I think it's a pretty good idea. You know, get some teams in the uh, playoffs that have been kind of having a playoff drought. So, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. My only problem with that is, like, so in the East, the East is already, like, it. I mean, it's strong, but the eight-seed Orlando Magic don't have a very great record. So if you add the other two teams, that mm. won't be, sub, like, the, it'd be weaker, like, competition. So, like, Milwaukee be playing the 10th seed, and yeah. then Toronto will be playing another seed, which would leave Boston with Orlando. So that, I think, I think it's better for the sport, sport in general, like, to see mm. more games. But I don't know, like, if that's even, like, because that's adding more teams during this pandemic. Yeah. That's, like, it's just not mm-hmm. as safe. But uh, mm-hmm. that's, it's just a rumor out there, and that's my opinion. And then yeah, another, I, go ahead, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I totally get your opinion there, because, you know, we're going to be seeing teams getting blown out, most likely. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the last rumor I saw out there is, what if the NBA went straight to the playoffs and had no more regular season games? What would you think about that? I mean, a lot of the spots in the playoffs, you know, they're not 100% like sealed. Yeah, so guaranteed. I think it'll take away some opportunities, but at the standings right now, it, uh, I mean, the game, it shouldn't be too bad. Right now in the standings, I think there's a couple really good matchups. And uh, mm-hmm. now we're actually going to get into that. So in the East, the number one seed, who's been one of the best teams all year, is the Milwaukee Bucks, followed by the eight seed Orlando Magic. That game or that series, I have the Bucks in five. I think the Orlando Magic can squeak out a victory, maybe at game three or game four at home. But I think Milwaukee will control that series with Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, the Bucks should be have a pretty easy series. Game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, too. Um, after that, you got number two seed Toronto Raptors and number seven seed Brooklyn Nets. I have the Raptors in four. I think they're going to sweep them right out of 
when they play in Brooklyn, I think they're going to uh, move to the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah, I think, especially without KD, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be. Yeah, without Kyrie and KD, I think the, Bro- Brooklyn's basically waiting for next year, and then they could start to make their run for the top of the East. Yeah, the of the East. Next, next year they should be pretty good, but especially this year without their stars, I don't yeah, see I them agree. going too far. Now the number three seed Boston Celtics versus number six seed, my beloved Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I hate to say this because Boston's, I don't like the Celtics. and never have and never will. But I have the Celtics in seven over the Philadelphia 76ers. I think Boston has two of the best playmakers in the league in Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. And I just don't think the Sixers have enough experience, even though they've been to the playoffs the last couple of years with Embiid and Simmons, because Jimmy Butler's been carrying them the past couple of years, or last year, I should say. But uh, what do you think about that series? I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see the 76ers win. I think there could be a possibility if they would have won. Yeah, I agree. It definitely yeah, could be, be in the it'd seventh. Be tough, though. It'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I'd but be, it'd be tough. I think Celtics, I, it's hard to say, but I, I think the Celtics yeah, are going to take It's tough, series. though, because, like, I thought the 76ers were going to be at the top of the East in the beginning of the year. Yeah, and now, so did I. And when the, when the season stopped or got postponed, they're sitting at the sixth seed, so it hurts to see that. But uh, mm-hmm. you never know in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs are crazy. Yeah. And then uh, the middle seeds, number four, Miami Heat, and number five, Indiana Pacers. For that series, I have Heat in six. I think Indiana can squeak out a win or two. But I think Jimmy Butler is just so clutch. And, like, he carried the Sixers last year when they played Toronto in that series. So I think he could carry the heat again to possibly play and then, like, get to another series. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see Jimmy Butler kind of do what he did last year with the Sixers. Yeah, I agree. And then um, who do you have? Who do you think your favorite is to come out of the East? Um, In my personal opinion, I'm not picking them because they're one seed. I'm picking the Bucks. I just think they're the strongest team in this Yeah, league. they – they're definitely the most well-rounded team. They got shooting all over the place. They got Giannis, mm-hmm. who's a who's just so outstanding. Chris Middleton, who's an all-star. I mean, they've got players everywhere that can just go right in and like basically play any position. Yeah. But um, that that concludes the East. Now we're gonna move on to the West. The West is interesting because a lot of uh, stars went there this past summer to the Clippers. The Clippers added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, the Lakers added Anthony Davis. OKC added Chris Paul. Houston Rockets added Russell Westbrook. So there's been a lot of uh, new players added to that. But uh, now we're going to talk about the number one seed, Los Angeles Lakers, versus the eight seed, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, that series, I have the Lakers in four, partly because Memphis is very young and they'll be great in the future, I, I believe. But right now, the Lakers are too powerful that I think they would just sweep the Bucks right out or the Grizzlies right out of the gym. What do, what about what do you think? Yeah, I think with um LeBron and <clears throat> I just, I think you know the Grizzlies they could have a chance of getting a win, but I don't even know if that'll even happen. I think the Lakers yeah, I, sweeping pretty I good. completely agree. Completely agree. Um now the next series, I think it's gonna be a closer series than people expect. I think Dallas will get a win over the Clippers, who were the two seed, while Dallas is the seven seed. Uh, so I have the Clippers in five, like I just said. And the Clippers added, like I before mentioned, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the postseason last year, leading Toronto to an NBA championship. So I think they can beat the Mavericks 
because the Mavericks are just very young with Porzingis and Doncic, that I think they'll be outstanding in the future. I think Doncic is the future MVP. But right now, the Clippers are too good for that Mavericks team. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty easy matchup. But, you know, with obviously Kawhi, as we saw last year, he's pretty pretty clutch in the playoffs. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's clutch, all right. Yeah. Um, now the three-seed Denver Nuggets versus the six-seed Houston Rockets. Um, this game, this series for me is interesting because I like the Rockets and I like how they're made up. I like the small ball era, how they have with, um, PJ Tucker, who's only six, six at center. I think play, I think the playmaking of Russell Westbrook and James Harden will be huge for them over the Nuggets because I think, I don't think Jokic is as good as advertised and I don't think Jamal Murray is as good as people say he is. I'm not discrediting them, but I think they're a bit, they're a little overrated. So I have Houston in seven in that series. Um, what do you think about that one, Jeff? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think like skill wise, like outside, like sh- shooting and stuff. I think the mm-hmm. Rockets are just yeah. gonna kind of like do pretty. Yeah, because they're very, very they sh- they shoot a lot of three, mm-hmm. so they they rely on that three ball. So if they get it going, I think they mm-hmm. can run away with the series, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then um, the two middle seeds. You got number four Utah Jazz, and number five Oklahoma City Thunder. You, the Utah Jazz have two great players in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell who actually um, had COVID-19, while OKC has Chris Paul, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and Shai Gildas-Alexander, who are three, like, very good guards. Um, I think this series, OKC, no one expected them to be that good. Like, people expected them to be, like, mm. maybe number one pick because no one thought they were going to be a playoff team. Um, I think the Jazz will win in seven. And that's pushing it because I think OKC has such a, like, hard, like, working team. I think they could maybe come out with a win. But right now, the Jazz, I think, can pull it out and win in seven. What do you think? I mean, I'm kind of stuck between. I think either one of them are going to win at seven. I'm not, I'm not really. Yeah. I think both of them have a good chance. I think, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, obviously with the coronavirus. Yeah. And that's kind mm-hmm. of practice time. Yeah, it's tough. And like mm-hmm. just sitting down on your couch with sickness yeah. kinda gonna um, hold you back. So who do you have coming out the West? I know you said Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East now. Who do you think is gonna come out of the West? I think the Lakers are gonna slide through very easily. Yeah, I think so too. I think a potential match of the Lakers and Bucks in the finals would be outstanding to watch. Mm. But I have the Lakers too coming out of the West. I think they could be maybe the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Because I think LeBron and AD yeah. are a better duo than Kawhi and Paul George. But that's my opinion. Uh, that wraps it up for the NBA for today. And now we're going to be talking about the MLB and the AL East in particular, including the New York Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox, and the Baltimore Orioles. What do you think about uh, the open, opening day for baseball being um, postponed because of COVID-19? I mean, personally, for me, it's pretty disappointing. You know, it's getting pretty excited for this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Especially with uh, not even yeah, I'm yeah, I was pretty disappointed though. Yeah, I I agree. So for the AL East, I have the Yankees by a substantial amount winning that division. I think Aaron Judge in right field and Stanton as a DH, they're two very good hitters. While they're also in the middle infield, DJ LeMay, who had second base, and Glaber Torres at shortstop, who's an up-and-coming guy who's 
so skilled. Um, mm-hmm. They just landed Garrett Cole, who's, I think, the best pitcher in baseball. And their bullpen is rock solid with Adam Ottavino, Zach Britton, and Aroldis Chapman. Um, what do you think about the Yankees? Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees just throughout the whole lineup and throughout the whole field, I think they are just got a, just a really good all-rounded team, you know. They yeah, have good I, players I everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in second place, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. I think after last year making it to playoffs when nobody really expected them to make it, they went out and signed Charlie Morgan, who's a starting pick, pitcher, and Blake Snell, who won a Cy Young previously. Um, that's a very good one-two punch as starting pitchers. And then they have the best farm system in baseball. When they're already this good, they have guys coming up the farm system like crazy, so they're even going to get better. Um, third base, they have a guy named Yanni Diaz, who's their slugger. He had about 15 home runs last year. Which you or even in the wild card game or in the playoff series, I should say, he had two home runs in the one game and uh, basically saved them. Um, and then I have two guys in uh, the outfield that are huge for them. They got Austin Meadows and Kevin Kiermeyer. Kiermeyer has been there for a very long time. He's been very consistent every year. Like he can get hits every game, makes amazing plays in the outfield. And their bullpen is just average. Uh, what do you have to say about that team, Joe? I mean, I think they're even going to come out better this year if we could see mm-hmm. a season I this agree. year than last year. Even, so yeah. I think they should be pretty good. And then year. the third seed in the division, I have a toss-up between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have a very skilled um, roster, excluding the pitching position. And then the Toronto Blue Jays, they just signed an ace in Hinjin Ryu, and they have three young guys that are going to carry that team for years to come. And Bo Bichette at shortstop, Kevin Biggio at second base, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third base. Uh, Vlad Guerrero is a powerhouse who hits home runs like crazy. He's going to be so exciting to watch in the years to come. Uh, the Red Sox have one good picture, pitcher, in Eduardo Rodriguez, who won 19 games last year. Um, the loss of Mookie Betts is really going to hurt them. So, uh, what do you think about those two, those two teams? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Red Sox, obviously, the last couple of years, they've been doing, you know, pretty good. But um, mm-hmm. especially now with the loss of Mookie Betts, uh, they're, I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. Their pitching is very average, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they have, like, they have a good infield in uh, mm-hmm. Rafael Devers, who's young, and Xander Bogarts. Mm-hmm. And then even their outfield, they have three very solid guys, one being Alex Verdugo, who they got from the Dodgers from Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. and then Andrew Benintendi in left field, who's been there for, I think, three years, and Jack, Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. Mm-hmm. And then their DH is J.D. Martinez, who's been the best hitter on that team, excluding Mookie Betts. And I, I personally think the best player. Mm-hmm. I think he's more uh, – uh, what should I say – I think he's more uh, important to that team instead of Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fifth place seed, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I don't have much to say about them. They have Trey Mancini in right field, and they have a. I think they have a pretty good farm system, about 13th place in the, in the major league. Um, I don't have much to say about them, like I just said. So what do you have to say about them, Joe? Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, don't have too much to say about them. I don't think they're really going to hold that. I mean, especially against – I don't think they're going to be that great against some of the other teams in the AL East. But... Yeah, I agree. I, that's a, I, think, I still think the Yankees will come out of that division on top. 
I think the Yankees will be um, – they might – they're going to be looking to get another World Series. Yeah, um, sure. But that that wraps up the AL East. Um, now we're going to be talking about the NFL draft. I'm so excited for the draft to finally be here. I've done a mock draft that's in my Instagram bio at LVPagula underscore three. Um, the NFL draft, I've just been, like, so excited about it because it's the first thing that we'll be able to watch and, like, speculate about and talk about. So I think it's pretty obvious that Burrow is going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to be their so-called Tiger King. Hmm. But uh, what do you think about that one, Burrow and Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, seeing that, you know, Cincinnati, they can use quarterback, Joe Burrow. Yeah, he'll be just just winning. Um, He'll be good to get the ball to A.J. Green and mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd because they, they need a quarterback after Andy Dalton had a mm-hmm. couple good years there. Yeah. Um. I think, and then Miami. I feel Miami, who has the fifth pick right now, they also sit at 18 and 26, which are also in the first round. Um, they're in a difficult spot because they need a quarterback, I believe. And in my one mock draft I did, I've been getting two attack of Iloa quarterback out of Alabama. But they also could get Justin Herbert, who's the other quarterback out of Oregon. Or they might trade up to number three with Detroit, so they can ensure to get that quarterback. So what do you think about that in Miami situation? Um, I think, you know, obviously they need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think Tua um, is probably going to be – I think I would choose him. Over I think yeah. – yeah, it all depends on Tua's health. If he's healthy, I think he – like last year when he was healthy, yeah, we he, saw was him very, the uh, he was very he good. Was good. And then when he, when he got hurt, like – there was a lot of speculation like mm-hmm. that if he would ever come back and be the same player. So that's, it's a tough spot for Miami because I wouldn't want to be the GM there and have to make that decision. Yeah, Cause really that's a, that's a franchise, that's a franchise changing decision. Mm-hmm. And then um, my, my favorite football team, my beloved Philadelphia Eagles, um, they had a so-so year last year. They won the NFC East at nine and seven after being five and seven and winning four straight games. Um, they were supposed to be very good last year, and they kind of disappointed. But they made it to the playoffs, and now they're in dire need of a wide receiver. So there's a couple scenarios for them. They could stay at 21 and hope to get maybe Ju- Justin Jefferson. There's another name out there that could, they can hope uh, to get. Brandon. Denzel Mims. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. Um, they have a couple of guys that are throwing up there. They could also move up. If they wanted to get Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs, they'd probably have to move up. Or round one, they could stay where they are and stay where they are in round two and double up on wide receivers. What do you think uh, is the best decision for them? Um, I mean, if they did move up, you kind of, you do have uh, kind of some skilled wide receivers that are probably going to go before they could get. Yeah. Like, I personally, I think uh, staying at 21 would be the best decision mm-hmm. and hoping – I doubt that Henry Ruggs will slack to 21, but if he's not there, mm-hmm. I'd grab Justin Jefferson and then get him run to the second round. When the second round comes, I would hope that maybe T. Higgins or Jalen Rieger or K.J. Hamler are there to get, mm-hmm. and I would pair Justin Jefferson with my um, K.J. Hamler out of my favorite football school, uh-huh. Penn State. I hope that pairing would make sense. Yeah. So I hope that for the Eagles. Um, next, 
Chase Young, who's been regarded as the number one overall prospect. Um, Redskins at number two are likely to draft him, but there's a little speculation out there that they're open to trading the pick, which I doubt because Chase Young's been unbelievable in college. What do you think his potential is if he lands with the Washington Redskins? I mean, Washington Redskins, not the – I think – I don't know how much he's going to really – I think he's going to change the team, but I don't know. Yeah, Um, it's it's tough because, like, the Redskins are in need of winning. But, I mean, defense, I think, still wins championships, but you need points to back that up. mm. And just right now on offense, they don't have the – Skill like I think Dwayne Haskins still needs another year. I don't think he's. I didn't think he was that good coming mm-hmm. out of college, like to be drafted that high. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they took him and they're riding with them. So now they just they gotta get they gotta get points and they're. De- I think that defense will be able to hold its mm-hmm. ground because they have a very good front seven. Yeah. So they they can definitely maybe they might be able to make a run at the division, but I still think I think. The Eagles win that division. The upcoming yeah, I think year. you know he could help on defense, but I don't think their offense is going to mm-hmm. be able to back it up enough. And then, like I said earlier, this year is widely regarded as a wide receiver draft mm-hmm. with Jerry yes. Judy, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins. There's a bunch of guys: Jalen Rieger, Denzel Mims, mm-hmm. Chenault, wide receiver out of Colorado. Um, there's just so many options for teams, which is like they're basically spoiled this year, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But that also means, like, if they want to take skill position players, they also have to, like, think about their defense side of the ball because they might be wasting opportunity while they might need someone on defense yeah. instead of they're getting someone on mm-hmm. offense. But um, that's what I think. I think the wide receivers this year, like I said before, are just – this is one of the best drafts to get them. But um, now we move to New England. I picked 23. Um, as we all know, New England lost Tom Brady to Tampa Bay this year. And right now they have sec- second-year quarterback Jerry Stidham at number one on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So at pick 23, it's interesting to see if the, if the Patriots will move up mm-hmm. and try and get a quarterback or if they're going to rely on Stidham. In a mock draft I did, I've been getting Jordan Love and staying at 23. Mm-hmm. But who knows if he's going to be there, or who knows if they, or who knows if they want to trade up and get maybe Justin Herbert or even Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I think with the, with the loss of Tom Brady, I don't know what this team is going to really happen because mm-hmm. you know he was a base of their team. I definitely think a strong yeah. quarterback mm-hmm. could help, but at their yeah, sp- at their decisions. spot, it's like there's not. It's hard to get a, I think, a good enough quarterback. Yeah, 23 is a very tough spot because, like, the top quarterbacks between Tua, Burrow's a lock to go one, and then Tua and Herbert are going to go probably, I'd say, top seven in that range. Uh, It's tough for New England because the next best quarterback prospect is German Love, who I'm I'm not very high on him because I don't think he played the best competition, but I think he'll do fine, even though, like, Utah State was a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. Um, now we're going to talk about our final topic, in which I think is phenomenal so far. Episodes one and two of the last dance of the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls about Michael Jordan. Uh, I have to ask you a question, Joe. Yeah. Who do you think is the true GOAT, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Uh, well, this is just a, this is a very big debate. I mean, I don't yeah, even know if question. there's like a right or wrong answer. I mean – 
No, they're definitely I've always been a, a Michael Jordan fan. I, I love LeBron now, though. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you look at the stats. Yeah, it's tough. Michael Jordan's definitely a bigger scorer than mm-hmm. LeBron. But then LeBron takes Michael Jordan mm-hmm. on, uh, like, on uh, like uh, assists and rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe, like, Michael Jordan, he took that Bulls team to six championships, two three-peats. Mm-hmm. LeBron right now, he has three championships, but as of the highlights I've seen, LeBron's the best player in our generation sure. right now, but Michael Jordan back then in that generation, mm-hmm. he was the best by far, and I still think Michael Jordan holds that position as the GOAT, mm-hmm. but it's tough to like recognize because we never saw him play like yeah. live, so I think it'd be different if we were in that, like, that culture, that mm-hmm. time, and like saw how much of an impact he had on the game. Yeah rather than just seeing this documentary right now as 15-year-olds. So it's a, it's a lot different right now to mm-hmm. see it. But I still think Jordan is the go over LeBron. But I'm not discrediting LeBron mm-hmm. at all. I just think Jordan has that extra will and he has six championships. That that makes yeah. a difference. So, I mean, one thing we could say about LeBron is, what, he's 35? And he's really showing yeah. no signs mm-hmm. of slowing down. I mean, oh no, you yeah, never no know how many more championships he could get. But I still think Michael Jordan will be the be the go. And Michael Jordan, every time he got to the NBA Finals, he always won that series. Yeah. So that's something to think about yeah. too. Um. Next, next thing we're gonna talk about is Scottie Pippen. Um. He was definitely undervalued on the Bulls because he was ranked 122nd in pay at around a little over $2 million per year, which I think is just, like, terrible. He was on a seven-year, $18 million contract, mm-hmm. which not even, like, the 15th guy in a team would sign nowadays. Yeah. Or a little less, but, like, what do you think I mean, about that? Yeah, I, personally, for me, I I love Michael Jordan, but I don't – if if they didn't have Scottie Pippen, I don't think Michael Jordan would be, you know, he'll still be insanely good basketball player. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree. think his like winning would be as like. As... I they don't have six championships yeah, without Scottie Pippen. Sure. That's point blank. Sure. And then Scottie Pippen, when Michael Jordan like did the little stint of baseball, yeah. Dennis Rodman regarded Scottie Pippen as the best player in basketball. Mm-hmm. So people just think of like Scottie Pippen as Michael Jordan's sidekick. Scottie Pippen was a great basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have been the best player on three-fourths of every team in the league. Mm-hmm. But instead, he was known as basically like Michael yeah, Jordan's sidekick. Basically, the Robin, the Robin to his Batman, like, basically. Michael, I mean, Michael Jordan was making $30 million in his... Yeah, 33, to be exact. And then, basically, the eight. 1986, the playoffs. Uh, Michael Jordan was just insane that year. Um, and basically, like saying that, I think that year, being it was only his third year, he was just unbelievable. And like, there's nothing that people could have done to stop him because he was just so unstoppable. He averaged 44 points per game that year. And was just no one was able to guard him. He came up like he disagreed with management that year because people or the management had him play only 14 minutes a game. And he showed them once the playoffs started that he's gonna play, I'm gonna win. And he did his job, but they didn't have enough to pull pull through. But he had the best series that anyone could ever ask for. 
Um, next up, which is tough because I think Jerry Krause, the GM, he, he should get a lot of credit about that, but I think he started a lot of tension in that organization. When he said Phil Jackson only gets one more year after winning five championships is just terrible to think about. I think they should have been together way longer than they were, but Phil Jackson went on the bigger and better things with Kobe and Shaq. Um, but Pippen then left in 1998, the year after, and that basically concluded all that tension. Um, his Jordan was gone pretty soon after that, and that's really about it. But that episode three and four premiere next Sunday at nine o'clock on ESPN. Be sure to catch those episodes. Um, that's about it. We talked about the NBA, the AL East, the NFL draft, and the last dance. Um, talking about that, that basically concludes our day today. Um, I'll be sure to get this out there so everyone can listen to it. Um, I'm happy, happy you guys tuned in. I hope you liked it. I just want to give a special thank you for Joey for coming on the show. I hope I could have you again. I really appreciate the effort and time you put into it. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with a special about the draft. So I hope you guys um, tune in and watch it.